and welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we're doing the final four episodes of the K2. I'm so sad to see this one go again. We've seen it before and it's still hard to watch it end all over again. It's amazing. I it It's so good, but the ending is so dark. I did oh. not remember that at all. No. <laughs> I felt really blindsided. I remembered exactly one part of the ending, and that was all. And then everything else, I was like, this happened? What? I hope that everyone else has the same memory of a goldfish that I have for watching TV, so that they can also <laughs> rewatch the K2 and be like, this show is crazy and beautiful, and that ending is dark. <laughs> Just go through the roller coaster like I did. I hope that one day I can rewatch the K two and uh, have the exact same reaction that I did when I watched the finale ten minutes ago. <laughs> I feel so prepared. <laughs> Just like really pushed it. I watched all four episodes today. I'm not gonna lie. Whoa. Yes. I say, whoa, I watched all four episodes yesterday. <laughs> what she gonna do? I thought about it. I thought about watching them at work, because I've done that before, like, watching all of the episodes, and I was like, don't get fired, your supervisor is here. You've got <laughs> two more months at this job, just be a good employee. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you might cry. Oh, That's what yeah, I was worried about with K-dramas. I have teared up before watching K-dramas at work on less busy days. My supervisor doesn't care what I do as long as I'm there to work, but also, like, we all know that if I was watching the finale of the K-2, I would not be working anymore. Yeah. I love that you're... Because the testing center, Proctor. And I just love... (laughs) I feel like it should... Just help anyone relieve anxiety going into a test. Like, obviously, they're probably more anxious about the test part, but I feel like a lot of testing anxiety comes from just being intimidated by the setting. And if you're like, um, the proctor's out there, like, watching the K2, <laughs> just like I want to be doing. That's a connection right. that should relieve some of your testing anxiety forever. I like to imagine that it humanizes me. Like, I'm not just the person watching the video cameras. I'm actually the person watching the K-dramas. <laughs> exactly. So if you've got a test coming up, just imagine nobody's watching you. There's no pressure. But, like, don't cheat just because you think no one's yeah. watching you. Like, be honest. Because I'll get you. <laughs> there is someone else working besides Mikhail. <laughs> yeah. And they're much better at the job. <laughs> they lead much more boring lives, and they want to sit and watch the cameras. <laughs> Anyways, hope that helps. Yeah. Good luck on your test. Good luck on your test. <laughs> um... <laughs> So, man, I feel like we should just go through and untangle some of these plot lines, because if we go scene by scene, it will be so boring, and I'll be like, episode 13 was fine, and 14 was fine. Let's talk about 15 and 16. But if we go through plot lines, we might have to include some from a lot of episodes. Yeah, I agree. 
And surprisingly, usually when we go character by character, like plotline by plotline, I like to start with the smaller or like secondary characters first. But honestly, I feel like all of the secondary characters had a surprisingly more explosive ending than. Oh no, I didn't we can't. mean to do that. Oh no. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> Why is your subconscious brain like this? Why is my subconscious brain just a dad here to make dad jokes? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I yes. would like to issue a formal apology for what just happened. <laughs> Accepted. Let's move forward. Um, yes, the secondary characters had a much more interesting ending. Should we? I guess, I don't know. K2 will come up in pretty much every plotline, but his ending with Anna was um, kind of the most boring. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Like, it's fine. It's just like, and I'm glad that they got the ending they got. It's just not as nail-bitingly crazy or dark. Some people got the darkest ending. Yes. Um, so it's, let's start. It's let's, what? let's start back at episode thirteen, sort of, I guess, and just like yes. go, yeah, plotline by plotline. So this is where I feel like, so, Eugen makes kind of what could be considered her last big power play, and it's a good one because this episode starts out just after she has revealed who Anna actually is to the rest of the world, and. It's uh, it's nice to see Eugene's victories again. I'm psychotic, and no matter what she does, I still love her. <laughs> I'm practically her assistant, who is my least favorite character. Yeah, she's awful. She's so obsessed with her. Yeah, but I just, I loved seeing, even though the victory was bad for literally every other character, I was so excited to see her victory in that moment of her just being like, <laughs> you guys don't have me. Like, you haven't trapped me yet. I've got everything. I've got everything over you guys. So, so June has to kind of recover from that, like, right in the moment. And he's like, oh, I'll have a press conference later. And it's, uh... It's well handled by everyone, I'd say. He does a good, good press conference. Um, but uh, kind of along those lines of that reveal, it, it messes things up for everyone, most especially Chairman Choi. And I think it makes him desperate, because his storyline gets, like, it, it really goes in this one. He seemed, yeah. like, not the main villain until these last four episodes. Like, he wasn't great. He wasn't a great dude. But, um... He seemed, I don't know, easily controlled by Eugen. Yeah. Like, he somewhat feared her, so he wouldn't do anything too crazy. Right. And he thinks he's outsmarted her with the guy who had confessed to killing Hyran. Uh, seeing he's uh he was a witness to Eugene killing here in Yeah. Yes. That the witness who was the never witness. a witness. She was yes. another Eugene or he was another Eugene puppet. Which is so cool. So Choi finds out that the witness is a fake, 
Sejun goes on TV and says that Um Hyeyeon is the bad guy. She's kind of the villain in all this. He has to throw her under the bus to save his and his wife's reputations. And in the process, kind of loses Anna by throwing her mom's reputation away. Yeah. And Choi loses everything, which makes him crazy. I'm very curious. How do you feel about Anna's reaction to that? Do you think it's fair that she pretty much condemned him when he has claimed to be doing this for her all along? Or do you think that it's like she's being unfair? I think she's being fair. I kind of do, too. I know it's tricky because I didn't disbelieve him. It's not like I thought he was lying about having done it so he could become powerful and finally, like, be a dad to Anna. It's more that I thought, like, you don't have to have power to do that. I don't know, it's tricky because he genuinely believed that Eugen would at any point kill him or Anna because he believed that Eugen had killed Hyrin. That's so. true. So I don't he know. thinks, yeah, this succession of power is going to change everything and save his and Anna's life, but he kind of sacrifices too much at that point. Yeah. Like, it seems like he could have stepped down at any time and let Eugen do whatever she needed to do, you know? And, but I don't know, because the more I, whenever I think about it, the, I think about how much power Eugen holds over everyone in her life. So it's tricky. But it's anyway, so tricky. long story long. That relationship is up in flames. There is no more real father-daughter relationship. I don't blame them. Until the end. What happens? What does Seijun do these next two episodes? I feel like he doesn't do anything. These next two episodes, he kind of sits around and waits for the K2. Because the K2 goes to him and is like, hey... It's me, the K2. (laughs) The smartest person in the world. And he comes up with, uh, he finally finds out exactly what uh, Kwon Su and everyone else was up to and what killed Rania. And he names it Kumargate, which, like, okay. (laughs) Really dates the show there. Yeah, it really does. And it's just funny to me as well because he, uh, they act like he's very clever for that name, and I was just kind of like, eh, could be better. Yeah. It's an easy grab. But anyways, he came up with it. Yeah. And he uh, develops this plan to get Sejun out from under Eugen so that he can have uh, both the relationship he's apparently always wanted with Anna, but more than anything, so he can restore... Anna's mom's reputation because it has been dragged. It's rough. So I think it's like episode 15 that he finally gets Sejun the flash drive. It's late in the game. Yeah, but what they do to get the flash drive is amazing. That is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. So they find out the flash drive is 
in the hospital, or I guess they know who has it, and it's the president's son who works in the hospital. Yes. And they say their plan is to tail him, obviously. And I was dying. It's brilliant. Obvious surveillance until they give away the uh, the game. Until he gives up himself. I was laughing so hard. That is one of my favorite scenes. Yeah. I'm just watching. I love when he, like, pokes his head into the room where the doctor is, <laughs> and then he just slowly closes the door, leaving only, like, his eyes looking in. Like, oh, solid surveillance. I love it. I love that team so much. I want to, as per usual, the show that we come up <laughs> with at the end of the show, I want a spinoff of just the JSS agents being amazing. I want them, it's hard because I want them to be free from JSS, but I also want them to still kick butt. So, I don't know what they could do. Maybe what they are they going to do? Start their own bodyguard company. That'd be cute. Yeah. There's just like 10 of them that go around <laughs> beating people up, being bodyguards. Yeah. So good. So, K2 gets the flash drive from the doctor. And that's rough. It takes a minute to give it to Sejun, because he gets shot, hides the flash drive, gets taken to the box. This is a, these are a rough couple of episodes for uh, Jeha, for K2. He, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure these last four episodes all take place in, like, one night. And the last two episodes all take place in two hours. And it is a wild night that he has. <laughs> like, I I refer to him as my favorite superhero, but after this, I'm pretty sure he's not human. Look at him go. Oh, man. This is so good. So he gets shot, but um, he has surgery, and about an hour after his surgery, he wakes up and leaves the box and goes and gets the flash drive and gives it to Seijun, which he says... I'm not going to give it to you, because I don't think you can save Anna anymore. But then he concedes and gives it to him. Yeah, he, he is not a man of his word in this moment. He says no, <laughs> and then he fine. says, just kidding. He's got another gun pointed at him, so I can't blame him for being like, fine, I don't want to get shot again. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't stop him from getting shot again, but... <laughs> But it does for a minute. Yeah, in that moment, he does not get shot again. Um, so Sejin has the flash drive, and he um, he was going to use it for a power play, but then Kwan Su kidnaps Anna, and he has to trade it for Anna. I pretty much rolled my eyes super hard at the part where Anna gets kidnapped. I, like, I get it. For once, it's not really her fault. She was doing the right thing and trying her best. But I'm like, oh, stop being a damsel. Like, for one episode, just don't be a damsel. Yeah, but she was still a damsel. The nicest part about her being a damsel, though, is it stops Jeha from going full, just, like, throwing himself into pretty much a suicidal situation. Because then he's like, oh, gotta stay alive. Because for the love, I have to save this person one more time. Just keep it going. Keep the same tape rolling. Ugh. So Sejun ends up in the box 
with the flash drive. Which, like, why are we putting all of the most important people and things in the same place? I get that they don't know. So, uh, long story long, there's a bomb in the room that no one knows cannot be shut off, including the man who started it, Chairman Choi. They just keep piling people into the room. Yeah. And every moment that they put another person in that room, I'm amazed. Because it's just so stupid to put all of your, like, most valuable things in one place and then be like, this is fine. Everyone's safe. No. Because it's not true. You just put it's a not true at all. huge target sign <laughs> on everyone's back. I'm sorry I keep calling it the box, too. Mirror. It's the mirror. Cloud nine mirror. Cloud nine mirror. There's so many names for it, and, and I use none of them. the mirror is in a box, so... It's in a glass box. That's where they're at. I feel like we can stop there with Sejun's timeline until we talk about the finale, the final moments. Yes. So... He ends up in the box. That's all that matters. Who else has a crazy storyline? Uh, we can go through um, Kwon Su's storyline, which is interesting. Yeah! Let's do it. He also doesn't do a whole lot through episode 13 and 14 that I took note of. Do you have anything of note? I don't think so. Um, But he does make a deal with Chairman Choi. He's coming up in everyone's storyline. He makes a deal with Chairman Choi uh, to turn all of their force against... Because the... He's, like, the biggest part of Kumargate, or one of the biggest parts. Turns out every powerful person in Korea was part of it. <laughs> They're called the conglomerate, and they sit in the dark. Yep. And, and they, they make have plans. meetings in the dark, and they tell people what to do from their dark room. From their dark room, full of cigarette smoke and cool, smooth jazz. Can you imagine how stifling that room would be with all of those egos and that cigarette smoke? <laughs> they couldn't, uh, how can they all fit? I don't understand. Um, so yeah, it's very, like, this is the bad guy room, but Kwan Su seems to be the one that will take the biggest hit since he's running for president. Oh, he has a cool power play right at the beginning of episode 14, where he sends the police force in to wipe the servers from Cloud Nine. Oh, and everyone thinks Cloud Nine is on floor nine. So good. He yes. like, oh no, I forgot about this part. He turns the president of JSS against Eugene. I thought that and was President Chairman Choi that ultimately did that. Like they form a unholy okay, trinity okay. of bad. <laughs> so it's Kwan Su, Chairman Choi, and the president of JSS. They decide to team up, and they go to wipe the servers. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. I guess I don't think the president has turned on them at that point. No, because he's, he's like relieved. super stoked. Yeah. At that point, oh, everything yeah. feels a little more fine, and they are all, no one's sure what happened to the flash drive at that point, and so they're all just waiting with bated breath, protecting Jeha with everything they've got, because it's all they've got, <laughs> and <laughs> um, 
And yeah, they try and wipe the, or like take all of the information off of the servers, but obviously Eugen is one million times smarter than that. She isn't going to keep her information on an easily accessible server on the ninth floor of her building. She's so smart. Why did I even talk about that? Um, I'm so behind. I'm so oh, behind the time. Because Kwonsu is on his way to making a power play, but that was the best he could come up with at that point. And it goes oh. bad when uh, they order all of the cops out of the building, and the cops are pretty much like, we don't know you anymore, Kwonsu. You don't have any power over us. You're doing a bad job for like a minute. And then when yeah. Chairman Choi is like, I'll give, I'll give him some power, the cops are back on his team. Do the cops come back, or is it just the Maybe it's the just that guys? one guy, but he is a cop, I'm pretty sure. The one with the eyebrows and the spiky hair. Oh, is he a cop? I think he's a cop. Oh, I thought he worked for JB Group as one of their, like, it's like JSS, but it's for JB Group. Wow, I don't know. You could be right. This is some good podcasting material while we try <laughs> to come through these crazy storylines. Yeah, I think all those guys in their, like, black SWAT team uniforms that are with Choi work for JB Group. That was my impression. I don't think they ever said it. They don't spell this out for us, guys. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Maybe the cops are out. Maybe they're like, also, uh, we can't justify all of these shenanigans any longer. That's what it seemed like. The chief of police was like, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> this is over. That guy that's with the one who has the eyebrows, <laughs> is he the very attractive one? The only one who's with Choi that doesn't wear a mask? Yeah, the only one with a face. The only one with a face. I call him <laughs> 2K because he's like the K2, but for the bad guys. Yeah. 2K. I he love him. He doesn't make it very far into the finale before he's out, though. Right. So sad. He had that cool fight with the K2 in another episode, but these last four, he's like, mm. I mean, mm. it serves him right. He tries to pull some shenanigans. He tries yeah. to uh, take the memory card, or, yeah, the memory card flash drive thing from Jeha, and Jeha kind of ends up letting him, for no other reason than, like, he has been shot. He is very hurt. <laughs> he cannot keep fighting like this. But Manager Ju shoots this guy in the back, so. So whatever. It works out. Um, yeah, so that's his storyline. Back to Kwon Su. We're gonna finish Kwon Su's storyline. It's very someday. hard. It's very it's hard very to finish twisted. this. Oh, man. So he sends Choi with the bomb. And... Is he just chilling in his office? Yeah, he's pretty much just sitting watching this all happen, and he's the one who designed the bomb that's going to go off no matter what, and does not inform Choi of this. Choi thinks oh, he's and got he kidnaps some Anna. Yeah, he takes Anna off the plane that she got on very responsibly for once to, like, keep people out of danger. She tried. Kwansu kidnaps her, which I was surprised. He was, like, right there. He was like, I'm, I'm your kidnapper. I'm gonna hang out with my kidnapping victim. I was like, you're presidential candidates, and shouldn't you just let some, like, low underling guys 
Take care of the kidnapping? Let the people with the dirty hands get their hands dirty. Come on. You've got the face. You're not supposed to be in this abandoned building at night with a girl. Yeah, but he has to do his little face call with Sejun to to troll him into handing over the memory card in exchange for Anna's life. So, I mean, it worked. Yeah. That was, I guess that was his only role, is to make the call. Yeah. Because we don't really see him much after that. No, he like, he's still involved, but his involvement is more in the phone calls between the conglomerate and like, where they're at, like, whose team they're on in any given moment. Constantly changing. Yeah. Constantly changing. They're so weak. There's weak things. Weak wings. (laughs) Alright. Well, since he kind of fades out for a minute, besides breaking stuff in his office whenever he gets frustrated, we will move on. I want to do Master Song next, because I forgot about him. What a vital player. (sighs) Master Song. This is the only part that I actually remembered was Master Song's role in all of this. Out of how long has it been since we watched the K2? The only thing I remembered was Master Song's role in everything. I mean, to be fair, it was deeply surprising. I was impressed. Well, let's say what happens first. He okay. is one of the few people who can kind of fly under the radar when JSS gets attacked. And he is able to take back a lot of their people and like kind of regain some ground. But when Anna shows up, he saves her, and he gets her into the parking garage. And then that's when she has some memory recall of a dark room with flashlights and his hand over her mouth, because he was the one that murdered Hiram. What? Holy what? cow. Guys. Uh, so I- we We finally get the reveal on that whole scene that he killed her with like a needle, and then Eugene found out that her father had given the order to kill um, Hiren. She rushed over to her house to be like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I I want to go over there. And Hiren asks Eugene to save her, and she doesn't save her. Nor does she save Anna, who she knows is behind the door. So she kind of abandoned both of them at a very vital moment. She didn't kill either of them, but she does take the blame. Yeah, to me it's kind of a big deal, both that she feels guilty about how that all played out. Like, she takes the blame. She she feels the guilt of the murders. And it's a big deal that she wasn't the one that ordered either of the kills, because it's very informative of her character like, looking back through the series, it's it's informative of her character and why she was always the way she was about the murder of Hyren. And it's amazing. Just And her, her relationship with her father, it's very informative of that as well. And it makes me love her character even more because she sat on this secret in such isolation for so long. But also, she was capable of feeling that guilt. Like, she genuinely felt like she was responsible for that murder. Maybe not guilty enough that, like, 
she would have done anything differently. I don't entirely think it makes her a good person, but I think it makes her a more redeemable person because she has the ability to feel guilt. She didn't really (laughs) indicate that before. That's fair. Oh, it's such a crazy moment. Yeah. That's Master Song's storyline. Yep. Uh. He did some things. He also is very proactive in the end in attempting to save everyone at JSS, including the people who are locked in the basement with the bomb. That's true. He takes lead on this final operation, which is all I wanted from his character. Like, even though I know he's a murderer now and he's a pretty bad dude, just like the rest of them, that's hard to find out. But he really takes point, and I also just wanted so much more respect for him, which it felt like he got from a lot of the JSS guards. He was kind of the master of their dojo. Right. And there was a lot of respect, but there was also a lot of, like, you can't work in the field. You're too old. Like, we respect you because you're an elder. We don't respect you because we think you're a warrior. Yeah. And he's like, I saved literally every single one of you, so you're freaking welcome. Go ahead and remember that the next time you decide to sass. I want to go on a mission and you put me in the freaking back seat. Hex no. <laughs> That's what I say. Uh, so it was a good and uh, conflicting ending for Master Song. Very conflicting. Uh, this whole show is just so... Uh, the feelings are conflicting. The show is superbly written because all of these storylines are converging at once and at no point do I feel like it's from a storytelling perspective too much the feelings felt a little bit too much I felt a lot of things throughout the (laughs) end of this but there's no point at which I felt like the storytelling was bad in fact I think they wrapped up Every loose end that they had made throughout the K-drama, which is an incredibly difficult thing when you have that many loose ends, but they did it well. They did it. They respected all of the characters, I think. They didn't have anyone who acted out of character at any point. Or rather, if they did act out of character, there was, like, logical reason for them to do so. That's fair. They gave him a good job. Yeah. I want to finish, and then I want to tell you my list of my favorite things about this K-drama. Okay. <laughs> Made a freaking list. <laughs> we do. We still have so much to get through. Okay. So who uh, who else has some issues that they're going through? Uh, it's crazy, because obviously, like, the K-2 is the most important part of all of this, but throughout the entire, like, last couple of episodes... I feel like he's less in control of the situations, and he's more just being, like, buffeted by these, like, overwhelming waves that keep hitting him. You know, like, he can't even get his feet under him before the next—he has to go, like, to the next thing and, like, try to save Anna, essentially. It comes down to the fact that, like, Anna is in very immediate danger— and he's just trying to catch up with the enti- the situation at all. And he takes a lot of hits 
And he takes a lot of bullets. Wow. I didn't think about that, because I... Like we said, he it doesn't feel like he has as much of a role in these last four episodes. But you're right, it's just that he doesn't have as much control. Like, he's still all over the screen, and you're watching him constantly. But he's not making decisions anymore. Or at least he makes a decision, and then quickly it's overturned. Yeah. And so he... He finally gets to the point, like, he goes from delivering the memory card to going to kill Kwon Su, but Kwon Su figures out because Sejun plays the hand too early. That D-bag. I was so mad. I was Uh, like, if you had just waited, like, ten minutes, it would have been fine. She would have been on the plane in the air. Yep. Ugh. Sejun. Um, so yeah, he ruins everything because he plays the hand too soon. He decides to do the call the conglomerate with the information that he has the memory card. So Quan Soon knows that the memory card is not on its way to him. And so he that's when he formulates the plan to kidnap Anna. So he's not there when K2 shows up to to do some murder. And he uh but I think K2 shows up at his hideout, and I I don't know for sure, but I think that's when he starts murdering a lot. Yeah. He gets a gun, and he starts shooting it. Like, he's shooting everyone, and I, I even wrote, I guess the trigger thing isn't a problem anymore, but it still seems like a problem in that there's finally a moment later when Anna is being held at gunpoint, and he uses the freeze-sit technique. And then shoots the guy in the chest, and I think that was supposed to be, like, the big moment where it was, like, he can still kill, but... I Yeah, I don't know where the big moment happened. I right. missed it. I hope a listener caught it and can tell us what the turning point was for the K2. Was it him getting shot? Yeah, like, what is the cure for his PTSD? Because I don't know if it's that selective. I don't know. Maybe if he thinks he's only shooting them in the leg, then it's fine. I'm not sure. It just seems... Seems like there's a change. Yeah. Maybe it was when he went to the hideout. Someone told him that Kwon Su had Ana. And he was like, "Uh uh-oh. I gotta get out of here faster than usual. Yep. And he just... I don't know. Decided to empty clip. I don't All know. over that hideout. <laughs> he starts going. I did say, I think episode 15 and 16, those were the episodes with all the shake cams and all the guns in Korea. Yeah. Every Both gun, of those things. <laughs> every gun in Korea showed up to this party. There was so much. So much running with their iPhones, filming, and then... Just so many guns. So All many the guns, guns. So many bullets. Everyone's bleeding out. It's a madhouse. Let's see. So who get who all gets shot? Um. <laughs> <laughs> Every, um, not JSS, JB group. Pretty much all of them. Yeah, pretty much all of them. And then uh, Secretary Kim gets shot. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was brutal. Oh, she keeps trying to make little grabs at... <laughs> 
like angry Chug. little claw grabs. Oh, it's so sad. Don't do that. Don't be pitiful. Oh, Eugene gets shot. She's an important one. Yeah, she gets shot. Um, K two gets shot, but he don't care. Mm-mm. He gets shot a lot, and he don't. He just keeps moving. He gets keeps hit moving. with like a sledgehammer, I think, at one point. Or if not the sledgehammer, then like the back of one, which I guess is not nearly as bad. But. What a lot of stuff. He, like, goes through a construction yard and just gets beat on. Just takes a beating and then stands up and drives. Like, what? I think he goes through a construction yard, which I assume they're probably well-trained guys. But then afterwards, he's confronted with the actual, like, elite team surrounding Kwan Tzu. And he takes them down in moments. Guys, he's been beat up pretty badly. If you can't handle him, I don't know how you can be trusted. Yeah, like, why are you the main bodyguards here? You're the final front to protect Konsu, and you're not doing much, guys. Mm-mm. But yeah, KT's fine. I don't remember who else got shot. I don't think anybody yet. Yeah. Oh, uh, the president of J. Oh, yeah, he shoots himself. Because Eugene goes crazy. Yeah. I mean, to some extent, I wouldn't say understandably, because her level of psychotic when she is betrayed isn't necessarily understandable. But at the same time, it's he knew what he was gambling with. Like, he knew that no one's more dangerous in this world than Eugene. And he's still, and he's been in Cloud Nine. He was a Cloud Nine member, and he still decided to betray her, and then stand in front of her and just be smug about his betrayal. And it was just, I don't know what he expected. Yeah, he's like, I know you're not gonna shoot me with your own gun, and she's like, obviously, I have other plans. Yeah, have he's you like, not? What? You have other plans? Yeah, like. Have you not been here for the past 16 episodes? Are you kidding Come me? Come on. Why would she shoot you? Why would she hurt you? She would never. She, she would never. She would never dirty your hands like that. Come on. Yeah, I think that's everyone that gets shot, though. Everyone important, guys. Pretty much half of Soul's population gets shot in this episode. Yep. But there's the big players. Yeah, the big the big shoots. <laughs> What else? What else does the K2 do? Oh, he drives to JSS headquarters, and they're like, um, Anna's here, she's hiding. And he finds her in, like, 30 seconds. And then passes out 30 seconds later. Understandably. I mean, I can't believe it. Right. But what's problematic with that is immediately they decide, like, stupid Secretary Kim, who's still like, we've got to put all the most important things in one place drags her down into the basement, into Cloud Nine, with the bomb and the guns, and the two most important people, or three most important people, I don't know if you're counting uh, Chairman Choi, and the memory card. Like, let's have everything. everything. Right there. Oh, so dumb. So dumb. But there was, okay, there was like one moment in the basement where Anna uses the attack tactics that Finally. Master Zong taught her. Was that not cool? Was, it was that not very exciting for me? Finally, that like ten minute 
segment paid off in a big way. So good. It lasted but one moment, because the second part of Master Song's plan is, like, run. Mm-hmm. If you're on the street, you yeah. poke someone in the eyes, you run. But Which she, she did, and then to go. she ran right into the arms of another person. Another. I think she ran into the K2, and then she gets caught very quickly. Yeah, yeah, because he's busy fighting, and she's like, I won't survey my surroundings or anything. I'll just watch. Come on. Mm, I would be so good in a fight. Come on, Anna. <laughs> just be as good as I imagine myself to be in a fight. For like one second. Right. I don't know. It's hard to say. It's hard to say because obviously she's focused on where the action is. Understandable. But whatever. She gets taken. What's done is done, Anna. Ugh. What else? Oh yeah, K2 ends up downstairs. I think, is it the moment that he walks into the mirror? Is that when Choi sneaks his way in? Um, he actually, I think, snuck his way in when he got Anna. So Anna goes down, stares with Secretary Kim, and then Chairman Choi pulls out a gun and shoots Secretary Kim in the leg and takes Anna and is pretty much just like, better open those doors and hand over that memory card. Dang, you have a much better memory. I should have watched these all this morning. I was going to say, I watched them today. So. <laughs> I took notes. I'm just, there's like pages upon pages of notes. I don't know why these episodes, I thought it would be more useful to just have infinite notes. <laughs> but now I it's mean, just overwhelming. From what I, From where I'm sitting, from where our conversation is gone, like... Notes would have only helped us. We are all over the place. Thank you for joining us, dear <laughs> listeners, as we stumble through the craziest plot lines very clumsily and try to deliver what is basically just something. Y'all, these are the easy plot lines. We're going from easy to medium to hard. We have not covered Eugene. And Kong Sejun yet. So just wait. Just wait. It's gonna get better. I'm gonna get more confused. I mean, the last couple of things leading up to, like, the the big finale that surprised me, things I had completely forgotten about, were stuff like Chairman Choi revealing that he was never supposed to be part of the conglomerate. He never wanted that to be a weak point for him, but he did design it so that he could take them all down with Coomergate. Like, he was the person who was, behind, like, actually behind Coomergate. He was the one that, that established everything to do with it, and he was going to use it pretty much as an insurance policy to one day threaten his father-in-law and all of the powerful people, which is a freaking brilliant plan up until the point where his father-in-law saw through it and was uh, it his father-in-law or was it the doctor i think it was his father-in-law put his name on it but i could be wrong it might have been the doctor that put his name on doesn't matter who he wanted that insurance policy uh and so he dragged whoever it was dragged jb corp and chairman Choi into it with him so clever. Yeah. Chairman Choi is so clever, but not clever enough. Yeah, that's the craziest thing is, like, early on, they mentioned that he 
is just as scary as Eugene, if not scarier, because you can never tell what he's thinking or what he's doing. And this whole time, like we were saying, he he didn't feel like the main villain. He didn't feel like the mastermind behind anything. He just felt like a threat here and there. Maybe sometimes he'd make a power play that was dangerous. But other than that, he was just one of many. Yeah. And then it comes to this finale where he is the most dangerous person. And none of us were quite... The first time that I watched this, I did not see it coming. I almost wondered if they wouldn't make him into, like almost kind of a good guy, because he was so neutral for the first half of the K-drama. And then later, he was all there for Anna, for his own reasons, but, I mean, still there for her. And then in the course of almost just the four episodes, he becomes the scariest person in Korea. That's so cool. That's such good writing. Oh, also another, like, kind of weird plotline that I forgot about was the precise reason why the K2 was labeled a traitor and why he was on the run. Oh, yeah! Because he was going to testify against the Blackstones in in a war crime trial. A freaking course. Like, we never believed that he was slaughtering civilians, but also that's all they gave us. Right. So it's... It's just that thing where you're like, oh, I guess maybe he could have been a bad guy once at one point in his life. And they're like, Hex, yeah. no, have you even met him? He's the best. Yeah, or maybe I thought, like, maybe he's tricked, you know? Like, mm-hmm. maybe he was tricked to do it, and then he got labeled a, a criminal, but he never meant to do anything. No, even better, he's the world's best person. He's the world's best person person. Never give up on the K2. No. Never think he could have ever done anything wrong. He cannot. Besides all the murders that he's committed, they're against bad guys, so it's fine. Even then, I'm like, never mad. I'm like, yeah, murder them. They're trying to murder you. You may as well murder them back. Good for you. Good for (laughs) you, K2. (laughs) That's how this works. So yeah, we find out the full story of the K2. I doubt Anna ever does. I really think she probably just never asks. I don't know. It's so hard. I feel bad at how much I don't like Anna, but I'm like, I feel like she could live her whole life just being like, this life is about me and my freedom now. So let's talk about me. Has anyone, uh, does anyone want to sign up to protect me? Well, you? I- make very dangerous choices. There was a very redeeming moment in episode 13 where she's just, she admits she should have told K2 about her meeting in the prison and she has been so stupid. And it was very cathartic to hear her say what's been on my mind for a good minute. I'm glad it was cathartic for you because I hated it. I think... Cause, just because she cried through the whole apology. And I think it's so unfair to apologize for your mistake and cry. Because then the K2 has to be like, both I have to forgive you right now and I have to comfort you right now. Like, he doesn't get an opportunity to be mad at her and be like, I'm going to chastise you because what you did was really dangerous and dumb and I don't understand why you didn't trust me enough to tell me this secret. He doesn't get to say that. He just has to say, it's okay. 
you make mistakes. It's fine. Everything's okay. Because she's crying like a baby. That's unfair. Yeah. It's an unfair apology. Maybe it it's that thing where, like, you see the worst of yourself in other people. So I'm like, I probably do that. I probably apologize for things and cry while I do it. I for sure do. I hate feeling like I've upset someone and I hate feeling like I've hurt someone. And I have just, like, the worst guilt anxiety. And as soon as I feel the disappointment of another person, even if they're not expressing it to me, if I just know they're disappointed in me, I'm a mess of tears. Yeah! I'm the worst. Just watching it, I'm like, I know that I do that, and I hate that about myself, because watching it, I just wanted him to be able to be like, yeah, you did me wrong. You did wrong by me. You did some bad things. But she's beautiful crying, so he can't. <laughs> oh, you need dumb angel tears. Dumb angel tears. Those beautiful Korean angel tears. <laughs> At least oh. I have the decency to ugly cry <laughs> when I'm sad. Don't even look at me. Like, oh, I don't want to. Thank you. Oh. That was that was a fine moment. And at the very end, I guess I'm just going to jump ahead and yeah, say we, they... We should rush into the end. <laughs> they end up in Barcelona. They're fine. And she asks what his real name is, which is revealing that maybe she does care about him a little more than I think. At one point, she and Eugene have a conversation where Eugene pretty much lays it down that she had, that Anna has no clue who... Jaha even is at all. Like, the K2 is a mystery to her, but she claims to love him. And it's a very cathartic moment as well when someone finally tells Anna, you act like you care, but your actions never show that you do. Because yeah. you've never asked. You never pretended to care. Yeah. So, uh. And he obviously couldn't trust you enough to tell you because... You turn around and do very reckless things with other people's lives at stake. That was a good moment. That's why Anna left the country, because she should have. Yep. But they get their perfect subway wedding, and <laughs> everything's golden. Remember when the real uh, the real hero was Subway all along? <laughs> <laughs> This whole show is just one big Subway commercial. It was all a dream. In a subway. <laughs> in a subway. In Korea. Come on down. Gosh, that's so weird to me. There's so many subway commercials in these last four episodes. I think there's only two, but they're beautiful. And I, yeah, they're always good because we get to see the real fashions that I want to see. Yes. So much beautiful fashion. Um... Really quick, and we can totally discuss other stuff if we still have time after this, but I do want to take a minute, because I'm very emotional about the ending that Eugene and Sejun have. Um, so I'm going to like hop through Eugene's plot a little bit so that we can get to the ending. She has a rough couple of episodes, once again, because uh, she has her one victory, where she's kind of gaining her power back and her popularity back after revealing who Anna really is. And then from there, she kind of starts to realize a couple of things, because uh, K2 lays them out for her. Uh, he he wakes up after his uh, after getting shot 
when the first time when he's getting the memory <laughs> card. And he reveals to her that the memory card never was for her, because she had been pretty smug about that. Her man, her guy, had gone and gotten the memory card. And he lets her know that's not a thing. And so she kind of starts to realize that maybe she has not read any situation entirely correctly, because he lets her know that he was never hers. She wanted a slave. She wanted someone to worship her, and that was never going to be what he did. And uh, her world is kind of crumbling around the time that Chairman Choi walks down with the bomb. And they have a couple of episodes where they lay out all of their cards. And you find out kind of what we were saying about who really killed Heirin and who uh, who has the sadder story. <laughs> Everyone everyone has the sadder story. Everyone has the sadder story. And uh, by the end of it, I think she's she breaks a little bit. And when she takes the shot, when uh, she gets shot by Chairman Choi, she's ready to end it. And she stays behind with the bomb. Like, there's no way, there's not enough time to get her out anyway. And she just says, just go. I'm fine. And she has two beautiful moments, one with Anna, where she tells her the real story behind her mom, but also just tells her, almost like, don't end up like me. Like, this is this is my story, and this is why I am the way I am, and I know that I'm the worst, and I'm sorry, but we're very similar, and I don't want you to end up the same way. Which is so nice. It is. It's beautiful kind of it's beautiful and dark and the second one is with sejun which is his own doing where he gets in the elevator to leave and realizes that he can do something more for his daughter and his wife and so he goes back in the box and he takes the bomb into mirror to Dampen the blast. Yeah, with the bulletproof glass of the box. And it's heroic. As heroic as I think he ever could be. And it's heartbreaking. And once he gets it in there, she, Yujin, says, you can go now. I'll close the door behind you. And he sits with her and says, I think this is how it's supposed to be. Oh, I wrote the line that he says because it's so beautiful. He says, on our way to the afterlife, let's be friends together. And she says, we look like lovebirds like this. And he says, I know, right? And that's their end. (laughs) The bomb goes off. I said I couldn't cry because they're both the worst people, so I wouldn't shed any tears for them. But it was beautiful. Yeah, I actually, I didn't shed any tears, but I teared up. Because we know how I feel about you, Jin. I love her. (laughs) And I thought they couldn't have had a better ending. No. They both, uh, I don't know if they deserved that, but it's what I wanted with my whole heart. Yeah. Oh, it's so Like I said, I don't know if I already said this, or if I just said it to Raquel, but they just... They each had just one moment where they were good people before they died. And I think that's the best because I don't know if they could have 
turned their lives around and been like, we're going to live as good people from now on. We've learned our lesson. I think that would have been too hard for them. Yeah, and it would have been a little unrealistic. I think the world taught them to be really hard, especially Eugene. I don't know why Seijun is such a D-bag, but Eugene, the world taught her to be hard, and so she became hard. And I think she doesn't know how to live in the world as a gentle person. And I think that they were both too ambitious to ever live a quiet life anyway. But they could do their best to at least mitigate the damage that was being wrought. The literal damage. Like, they they had caused too much other damage to fix any of that. But... It's just really, really beautiful how it's all written out. And Eugene, in a way, gets what she wanted from the beginning, which is just a moment to feel like maybe someone cared. And it's just... Gosh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, way better than Chairman Troy and Park Kwan Su's endings, yeah. which come promptly after. And I feel good about how their endings went, but they're pretty dark. Yeah. They they end. They're both murdered. They, so uh, I guess that's fine. They thought they got away with stuff that they did not get away with. And so Secretary Kim takes out Chairman Choi, which... I liked that. Yeah, that feels good. <laughs> I don't so like dark, her. But, but it, I don't like her, but she's like, mm, you shot me, so I'll return the favor. Turnabout is fair play. Oh. And then... Uh, Kwon Su goes down the exact way that Eugene had predicted he would, which is he lost everything and he was essentially pushed to take his own life. And it's very dark. It's very dark. Transition into the subway commercial. <laughs> oh no, transition into Jaha testifying. Yeah. Doing the test of testification <laughs> <laughs> the, the court stuff <laughs> man English is hard <laughs> doing the courty things against Blackstone Finally. that's what does and he gets his identity back we don't know what it is that's the cliffhanger that's like not gonna keep me up any night mm-mm Yeah. He gets his identity back, and that's cute. It's nice. I mean, what's in a name? I'll never know. (laughs) And I don't really care. Yeah. And everyone who didn't die got fairly happy endings, I think. Yeah. I, I don't think they gave... They didn't do, like, a little flash scene of the high school movie ending of, like, Mira went on to Harvard (laughs) University and she married Homeboy. Yeah, they have six children. (laughs) All of them eat a lot. We're just gonna have to wait for the spin-off show to see what happened to any of the JSS characters that we care about. The JSS spin-off series? Cute. I would... Live and die for that. Like, I'd live and die for every spinoff that we've ever created at the end of every K-drama. I love it. I'd watch it. And yeah, that's that's kind of the ending. Let's let's do the review of our whole feelings. Yeah, do you, 
Do you have a star rating you'd give a K2? A K2 gets 10 stars from me. I also I'm... <laughs> give it 10 stars. Okay, I was a little self-conscious. I was like, I'll give a lot of things 10 stars. I worry about that. I can. I have a propensity to be pretty hard on K-dramas because I feel like it's important to like have a standard by which I would judge them. And maybe there are some parts of the K2 that I wouldn't give 10 stars, which is to say, like, the romance. I didn't really care. Mm, but overall, as, like, a piece of work, like, a, a story, a piece of storytelling that they did with, through this medium, I, it's, like, the metric by which I judge storytelling in K-dramas, because they did such an excellent job with every moment of it. My feelings toward it are absolutely joyful. I love this show. It's so good. It's so good. But I, okay, I did a top five things, my favorite things about this drama. I think they would be the same as yours. Probably, we'll say yeah, because I did not do a top five, but once I hear yours, <laughs> I'm probably going to agree. Um, They're not in order of like, this is my number one absolute favorite thing. They're just like five, just across the board, pretty even. Liked them all a lot. Number one is the actors. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Ji Cheng Wook is your boy. Your boy. Yuna. Love her. She's a human angel. Yeah. And um, uh, let's not even begin with the actress that plays Eugene because of course I love her. I her don't name know is they... also Yuna. Is it really? Yeah, Song Yuna. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She's so good. But like literally every person in this show. Yeah. Is so good. It's amazing. So we good. give them all the awards, except the Bus Stop Girl Award. None of you deserve that. Yeah, I think the only person we even nominated for the Bus Stop Girl was, like, in the very first of, like, the first episode when Anna's running, and she's in the middle of the street, and that little... Uh, little grandma? Yeah, the little Spanish grandma helps her out of the street. She totally gets Bus Stop Girl Award. That's her. That's her. We found her. Alright, number two is music. The yes. music for this drama... Just, like, the first few notes of any of the songs, you're like, I know what this scene is going to be about. Yeah. Like, they encapsulate love- every feeling in all of the yes. songs. Yes. It gives your heart racing. You're like, I know. I know what's about to happen, but I don't know how it's going to play out. Yeah. So good. I loved the music. I feel like that's probably what elevated this show above a lot of K-dramas. Is, yeah, the soundtrack. Because the soundtrack isn't necessarily one that I'd pick to just listen to. Like, there's some right. K-dramas that pick these soundtracks that are a lot of... Like, I go back and listen to the uh, theme of Strong Woman Dobong Soon a lot. Because oh, really? they're, like, poppy and fun, you know? I don't I know if to on my Venus a lot. Yeah, but was... I also love to cry to the Goblin soundtrack yeah. every now and then. It's really good, but this is a unique soundtrack in that those I feel like they picked good songs, like songs that are really good. These songs are amazing for sure, but more than anything, they picked songs that fit the K drama like to a T. They're the case two songs. Yeah, they're for this show. Yes. It's so good. Okay, three is characters. 
Yes. Different yes. from actors. Every one of them was so good. I If someone was like, alright, pick a favorite character between the K2 and Eugen, I, I cannot Eugen? answer. Oh. Yeah, okay. probably you can. <laughs> I don't know. I love the K2. I do. I don't know. I feel like I can't answer that because as soon as I said Eugen, I was like, but also the K2. Yeah, they're incomplete without each other. Yeah. They're very yin and yang. They're amazing. And all of the characters are amazing, but those two floored me. I think the K2 is a less unique character than Eugen, though. I think Eugen is a very singular character. Like, I don't see other people like Eugen in many shows. At least not the ones I've seen. I've never, like, watched House of Cards, which I think is probably... I don't know. I have no clue. I haven't watched it, but <laughs> but it's a, like, political slash maybe some amount of business drama, like corporate drama. Excuse me. Wow. <clears throat> I just very lost my voice. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Okay, number four is storyline. Obviously, the plot lines. Crazy. Way good. Still so can't good. even wrap my mind around half of them. And well written. And well written. And five, which is probably, like, a little bit the least, like, everything else is pretty even, and this one's, like, slightly below, is fashion. Mm, yeah. Honest fashion in these last four episodes. Really good. Really elevated. Yes. Uh, the dress she's wearing when at the very, very end when she's in Eugene's house. Yes! Oh, it's beautiful. It's like a black dress with... <sighs> I can't describe it. I don't know fashion words. It's very pretty. Y'all will have to look at it. Yeah. Look at her picture. And her and the K2 on those subway dates, those constant subway dates. With the coats? With the coats? Their beautiful fall wear? Ugh. Gosh. That's my top five reasons why this is the best K-drama ever made. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. I think I actually could choose a favorite thing, though. And it's it's the writing, which I think is the storytelling. I think that it's just incredibly well written. I couldn't... There's not a thing about the plot that I would change except maybe the romance. And even then, I think the romance made sense for the K-drama. I just didn't care about it. Like, I didn't care. I was way too into literally everything else that was happening. Because yeah. the rest of the writing was so good. It felt like this K-drama... A lot of K-dramas are about the romance. This one, the romance was just a driving force. It it gave the K-2 the bond to care about what was happening. And, yeah. I don't know. It's just so good. This is an amazing K-drama. And I... I know that if you're listening to this, you've seen it. And hopefully you agree. If you don't agree, <laughs> or like if... If you wanted to get in touch with us about something we've said... Uh, give us an, send us an email. We're uh, playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Or hit up our website to leave a comment on any specific episode of ours that you're like, I just want to talk about episode 16. I don't know. <laughs> leave a comment at playonk.com. Uh, we've got iTunes where you can rate and review us. Uh, we're just play on K. They're on iTunes. We could use a rating and some reviews. Please be gentle. <laughs> we think we're great, <laughs> but maybe you don't. I don't know. But we could. It really helps. I know every podcaster asks for it, but it helps. Yeah, it helps other people find us. Yeah. And 
last things last, we are at PlayOnK on Twitter, so if you want to hit us up there, especially if you want to say the mean things. I mean, I think we can, like, delete tweets, so. (laughs) Or just, like, not get on Twitter, which I already do. We will totally, if ever, I check the email, and Twitter would let us know if we were getting tweets. So if we got tweets, I'd I'd check Twitter. Yeah, hit us up anywhere, and let us know what you thought of this K-drama, what you thought of our podcast, and join us next week for the bonus episode of the K-2 where we talk about what you guys think and your comments that you submit. Yeah, so if you have a comment, like, please send something, like, in the next week before we record again, and we will absolutely include that. Yeah. And thank you, as always, for our theme song. It's by James Hevel, the ultimately talented... I don't know if that's an expression... He's so talented. The very, very talented James Hemphill. <laughs> Thank you as always for listening, and we'll see you next week for the bonus episode of the K2. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.